Thank you, Ginny. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. What are we going to do today? We're going to listen, and the Lord is going to speak. Uh, Dean mentioned uh, Psalm 91. It was uh, it was a song that it is a beautiful song, and Psalm 91 helped me a lot through war. And uh, I trusted the Lord, and He never, never disappointed me. I hope this morning. You have this experience with the Lord. Uh, let's open uh, to Psalm 91 and 92 together. I hope this uh, message will be an encouraging message to each and everyone here this morning. And if there's someone who knows very well deep in their hearts or in his heart that he is not or she is not saved. This is the time to say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to experience you the way this man, uh, Asaph, who wrote this, experienced you. And, of course, David, who wrote most of the Psalms. In uh, chapter 91, verse 9, every verse is a beautiful verse. But verse 9 said, You have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Well, I have another translation for you. And it says more personally. Let's take it more personally. And we need, we need, I believe, any time, any one of us to be encouraged. Are you with me? I need the encouragement on a daily basis. And he says... Because you said, that's the real translation, Lord, you are my refuge. Because you said, Lord, you are my refuge, and you have made the Most High God your dwelling place. Well, that was your part of the deal. And is your part of the deal this Morning still, that God is your refuge. Is he your refuge today? We have been praying for him for different situations amongst us. And the Lord has answered our prayers, didn't he? And he will answer more. Let me tell you one thing. I have a promise because God, he said in his word that he will over answer his answers. He will do more than what we hoped for or prayed for. Because you have made me, (coughs) excuse me, to be your refuge. And let me ask you a question. Is God Almighty your refuge this morning? If If He is your refuge, great. I can't tell you more. Then, then He says, you made me your refuge? And you made me your dwelling place. In other words, you wanted to live with me, to be with me, to walk with me day and night. Well, this is what's going to happen to you. What do you think is going to happen to him? 
And this was, I'm sharing with you things that I have experienced uh, almost 50 years ago. And he says, no evil shall befall you. Simple. Isn't it? Isn't it? He doesn't send you anywhere to get acclimated with me. He didn't tell you to go and do this and do that. He didn't require 20, our father, and 15, 16, 17, 500, these things. Now, he never requires you. He doesn't want you to go uh, like uh, in the, and I've seen them. I've seen my grandma. I've seen them. They, they walk um, barefooted, carrying the oil to, to take it to the church so they can offer it, offer it to the mother of Jesus so she can pray for them, so she can get better. He doesn't ask you to do these things. He doesn't ask you to wait. He doesn't ask you to go to the pharmacy and get some, some uh, uh, medication. No evil shall befall you. Is God your refuge this morning? I assure you, church, no evil shall befall you. Period. Nor will any plague come near your tent. Of course we get sick. Of course we get some flus. We get some cold. We sometimes fall and break something. Of course we go through it. We're living, as my dad used to say, under the big blue sky. You know, we go through it all. But let me tell you one thing. No plague that the people experience, that the people without God experience, no plague shall befall you. This was my experience. I want to share it with you. And let's go to verse, uh, chapter 92. And David is singing to the Lord. For the sake of time, let's take it from, uh, he is giving thanks to the Lord at the very beginning. His verse 2 says, I declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Does he deserve, doesn't he deserve that? Doesn't he? Amen. And then he goes in verse 10, Thou hast exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil and my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. What happened to your foes, David? He said, my eye looked at them. I am exulting in the Lord. I am happy that Satan is under God's feet all the time. This is where he belongs. Satan doesn't belong to be on your shoulders. Satan doesn't belong to be before you. Satan doesn't belong to harass you. He has no place there. If you put Satan on a daily basis under your feet and seal him with the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing will approach you and you will look exultingly upon your foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. But guess what? They will never be able to come near me. We have enemies. Out there. They're everywhere. But they will never be able. To rise against us. And here's the verses I want to share with you. I know many of you are excited. I hope your minds are here. And not with, with Dean. Dean's his mind is at 3.30. <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, that football game, okay. We'll start early, we'll leave, we'll leave early, but this is it. Dean is not. He's here, now thank God. Well, at least in body. Okay. And this is what he says. First of all, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. What are the characteristics of a palm tree? A palm tree grows straight and tall. I used to have a palm tree in front of our house. And, uh, you know, it became a hassle. So I had to pay $700 to take it out. Don't grow a palm tree, okay? A palm tree goes straight. And what he's telling us, the righteous man is a straightforward person. And who is called righteous? Every person in the world who's been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Regardless where he belongs to any church he belongs. If his sins are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that person is a righteous person. He got saved at a certain time, gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is walking according to God's precepts. This is a righteous man. When we talk about a righteous man, the Bible, he says, a person, in brief, you don't have to go to college or to theology school to learn it. A righteous man, a man who is right with God. My, my preaching is simple, and I hope you're getting it, and I'm a simple man, okay? I don't use uh, uh, theological um, terms. I leave them to the theologians. There are plenty of those, and may God bless them. But for me, I, am, uh, I understand the Bible to be a simple Bible, a right man, the man who does right in the eyes of God. will flourish like the palm tree. Let me ask you a question. Was Joseph right with God? He was not learned. He was thrown, thrown to be counted dead. He was sold. He was thrown in jail. He was in prison. And he went, and the Lord brought him out at the right time. This is a righteous man. He never did anything wrong. And then he became the prime minister of Egypt. Does he deserve it? By all means. Did he go through a lot? Yes. Did he suffer a lot? Yes. But because he was right with God, God never forgot his walk with him. In everything he took his problem to God. And he became the, in, uh, I believe it is in Genesis 41, if I remember, I did not prepare. By the way, I did not prepare this at all. I just uh, want to share it with you uh, because Dean mentioned uh, in uh, chapter uh, 41, Joseph being made the ruler of Egypt. Pharaoh tells him he wasn't ready for this. 
He wasn't prepared for, uh, for this. Since God, in verse 30, 39, since God, 41-39, has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all the people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Everybody shall bow to you. And he says, who am I? Who am I to reach such a, such a high level, such a high position? Because he was right with God. And the Bible eulogizes him in, uh, amongst the uh, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, amongst the great men of God. What does it say? He refused, he refused to have a little bit, a taste of sin in his life. For a little while. He didn't care for the throne. He didn't care for anything. He only cared to be right with God. The righteous what shall flourish. Is the Bible right? You might not flourish immediately. You say, I've been right with God. I've been doing everything according to the book. Well, we don't do these things according to the book to flourish. We do it to please God. We do it to live a clean life. We do it to live a righteous life. We do it to be right with our Savior. Because He was right when He lived here. And He showed us how to live and how to deal with people. The righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. You know a palm tree, you don't have to, to uh, do anything with it. It brings its fruits. And you know, some, many, some of you like dates. Some, they don't like dates. But the fruit of it is dates. Okay. And it is always, always a stop for those people, travelers of old, to eat from it and nourish themselves from, from it. No one knew. Straight as an arrow. And every Christian should be as straight as an arrow. We should be living a life when people talk about us, they say, let me tell you one thing. He's a straightforward person. She's a straightforward lady. We'll flourish if we follow the book and if we are pleasing in the eyes of God. More than flourishing, those who made the Lord their refuge... More than flourishing, it says in verse 12, he will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I don't know if you know what he talks about. I know. I have been there many times. It's snow, snow, snow. And the cedar trees there are so huge. They're since the days of old. Old days. You need many men and women to put their arms around the trunk of a cedar tree. We once were there. We were at college. And we went there. Uh, took a bus and took a tour. And I believe we had about maybe 24 to go, to go around that tree. Maybe less. I don't remember anymore. We're talking long time ago when I was young. But now I'm old. And the Lord has not forsaken me. <laughs> Amen. Okay, the point of it is, 
He will grow like that. He'll be as strong. You will have a trunk as strong as the cedar of Lebanon. And you know what? You will never see them going uh, according to the, uh, to the seasons. In, in summer, they're green. In winter, they're green. In, uh, in the fall, they're, they're green all the time. They're green. And you know, the righteous man will always be like a green tree. Don't you like a green tree? I look at the trees now, I get sad. I may the, the Lord send more rain. There will be more rain. I have talked to our Father. <laughs> no, don't believe it. Don't you ever believe it. But I've been praying for rain. I've been. I've been. When it's winter, we need rain. We don't look for summer. And the Lord is going to send it. And he's going to have mercy on the people of California who are righteous people. For the sake of the believers, I say, Lord, for the sakes of the believers who are living all over California, send some rain and he's going to send it. And he will grow like the cedar in Lebanon. He will always be green. And what does it say in in Psalms chapter 1? What does it say? Here it is. I'm going to, to read it to you. The man of God, the woman of God, will be like this. He will be like a tree, say cedar or green tree in front of your house. A tree firmly planted by the streams of water. Drinking from the word of God, which is the water for each and every one of us. Which yields its fruits in its season and its leaf does not wither. Always green and in whatever he does, he prospers. He flourishes and he is like a tree planted by the river or by the water. Ask, ask yourself, am I this person? Lord, help me to be that person. He goes further to say, he says, this tree is planted in the house of the Lord. What do you mean by this? I mean, what I mean by this, you are fully grown in the house of the Lord. And where is a good tree, good tree found on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the house of the Lord? Where do you find yourself? Sitting at the bench on time. Let me repeat. On time. Amen. In the house of the Lord. And there, we are there to honor God. We are here to, to be giving glory to God. To thank Him for what He's given us. For the life that He's given us. He is found always in the house of the Lord. Planted. Planted means it is anchor in the house of the Lord. Nothing, no storms shall befall Him. The storms of life will never touch Him. He is there. He is dwelling, as uh, the Bible says in chapter 32, He is made God His dwelling place. Or like Corey Ten Boom write, uh, write a wrote a book about that. He says, okay, He is my hiding place. He is hiding in the house of the Lord. Are we hiding in the house? Where is your hiding place? Let me ask you. 
He says here, he, I am in the house of the Lord. He is always, he says, I have preferred to be at the gate of the house of the Lord than in my palace. That's what David said. If I stand at the door of the house of the Lord, this is enough for me to hear you and to pray and to give praises for you. Do we look forward to do that? Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday. I look forward to come to church. Myself. I do. I do. When I see your faces, I enjoy it. These are my friends. I don't have friends outside. I have acquaintances. But I don't have real friends. Except in the house of the Lord. You are my friends. You're my best friends. And the Lord wants us to have these friends. And to enjoy them. And be planted always in the house of the Lord. May God help us. And that shows a fullness and giving, giving fruits. <clears throat> verse, the rest of the verse says, <coughs> they will flourish, excuse me, in the courts of God. And there is success in the courts of God. Let me tell you, the world offers nothing. Those who tried the words came back empty-handed. Came back broken-hearted. Came back with nothing to prove to the world. But those who spend their time and honor God in their lives. And their joy is to be with the children of God. You know what happens to them? He uses the word flourish again. They flourish in the courts of God. Not here only. In this world, there's a promise. They will flourish in the future in the course of God. This is not for now only. This is flourishing forever. This is life forever. They will flourish. Flourish does mean, doesn't mean that you one day you're going to wither and fall. No. Flourish is a forever word in the house of God. In the course of God. In the heaven of God. Do you know planet heaven is waiting for you and for me. And we are going to flourish there. If you are not flourishing here in this world. Forget about it. It's okay. As long as you make it through. The journey is not easy. The road might seem to be long. But let me say one thing. Flourishing indeed is flourishing in the house of the Lord. Heaven is waiting for you. And the trumpet shall sound very soon. And we shall forget and leave the scene. They will flourish in the house of our God. They will still yield fruits in old age. (laughs) This is good. This is good. You will never be old. The fruits here, we're talking not uh, bringing kids. You know, when you reach an age after 50, it says, okay, I raised the kids. I'm not going to raise them again. You know, it, it it takes a lot to raise kids. But... You will bring fruits. You will bring people to the courts of God. You will win souls. These are the fruits. The fruits of every Christian is to bring souls to the house of God. To the world of God. And you know, and you will yield a lot. So don't say I'm old. Let the young ones take over. They they should. And I encourage them. And you know that young people. You are the future. We're not going to be here forever. But the young people of this church, 
teenagers, consecrate your lives to God. Get closer to God. Young people, study your word. Because you are going to take over, over if the Lord tarries and you are the future. You are the future. I encourage you today to continue living for Jesus Christ. Being right with God. Flourishing in his ways and looking forward to serve him as long as we are here on earth. They shall yield the fruit. And the final word, they shall be full of sap. That means fat. They are always, their life is not a dry life. Their life is a life. You sit with them, you talk to them, and they will bless your heart. Older men, that includes me, I ask you to be a blessing. We are not here to judge. We're not here to tell them, okay, you need a long time to come. No, we're here to encourage the young people. We're here to uh, yield the fruits that we need to yield. We're here to be uh, evergreen for them. They look at us and they will say, I want to be like her. I want to be like him. And let me ask you a question. Are we the example? Young men and women, are we the example for the flock? And I always ask this, this question to myself. Edo, are you a blessing? And then I lift up my heart to the Lord while prayers, Lord, Make me a blessing. So anyone who comes in touch with me, he will say, he's a blessed man. You know, he's an okay guy. And in the words of our teenager, he's cool. Is there a new word? If you have a new word, tell me about it. I'll use it next time. We want to be cool with you. We want to be loving and kind. And we are all here to declare that the Lord is upright. And then he says, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. We have a rock. We have the Lord. We have a hiding place. We have a refuge. We have a shelter. Is he your shelter today? Is he your refuge truly? Is he your hiding place? You know, I one day I, one day I preach on that. Um, David, in chapter 30, Psalm 32, he said, You are my hiding place. You are. Is he? Do we run to him? In times of problems. Do we seek him? When there is a storm. Where is your. Who is your hiding place? And you know one thing. A hiding place. Should be stronger than the storm. Right? Otherwise how can we get shelter there. If the storm is stronger than the hiding place. He is. He is so strong. He is. He tells him. He is my rock. The storms may come and go, but the rock is there. You know those big rocks 
by the seashores. Okay, the waves come and hit them. And what happens? If the waves have blood, you would see a sea of blood all the time. Why? Because they cannot do anything to the rock of ages, our God and our Savior. Is he your rock today? Are you taking shelter in him? Are you flourishing in his courts? Is he your refuge? Because you said, Lord, you are my refuge. Then go with these words. No evil shall befall you. Nor will any plague come near you. Have a happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. And I pray that the Lord will give you a great day, a wonderful week, and see you next week. Let's come to church. Let's join the prayer meetings. Let's attend the Bible studies. And let's come on Sundays charged always to be that person who flourishes like a palm tree. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this opportunity you have given us to come close to you in this words. We thank you for the direction of the Holy Spirit. I needed to be encouraged this morning and thank you for your word. Yes, you are my refuge, Lord. You are each and every one. Help us, Lord, to live a life worthy of the calling. Right with God is the secret word and then everything comes after. Bless each and every one and give us a good afternoon and Help us, Lord, to think of those people who are outside without Christ to be a blessing to them, to bring them to the fold and be like a palm tree, always, always straightforward, always talking about you and witnessing about you and telling the world what a wonderful Christ we have. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.